On this episode, we're visiting Bath by way of Kellynch Hall and diving into the world of persuasion. We'll be discussing the book by the one and only Jane Austen and the latest Netflix adaption that dropped in July of 2022. There will be spoilers, so if you have somehow not read or heard of this book that was released almost 200 years ago, we'd hop in your carriage and trot on over to another episode. Welcome back to Page Rage. Welcome back, everyone. Speaking of Bath... (laughs) (laughs) We were there living our very best Jane Austen slash Bridgerton life a couple months ago. We sure were. We sure were. You know, the Jane Austen Festival is actually about two weeks away in Bath also. I know you want to go. I know you want to go. We went to the museum and Ashley was like, we're going we're to this go when it here. happens. Because I just want to see it and just experience it, you know? It's just something new and exciting. And I just feel like it'd be an interesting thing to be a part of. And the museum itself was interesting. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot of fun facts. I got to write with a quill, which I've always That's wanted really to do. cool, actually. Mm-hmm. I would be one of those people that just had ink all over my hands, though. I was not... I was not smooth with that so I don't know how you don't do that I don't know how the left-handers live yeah I don't know either. that's my question nobody would have read smudging anything. with the right hand so I can't even imagine probably had a scribe somebody who now I understand why they had secretaries and people who took notes for them somebody else had to deal with it no bath was beautiful definitely probably one of my favorite places in England hands down yeah it was absolutely gorgeous and it kind of sneaks up on you and we were driving we were driving and driving and we were just in the middle of grass where are we going I I was starting to get to a point where I was like okay it's just gonna be this little village that just pops up out of nowhere and no it's actually like a major not major city but it's a it's a pretty you know established city it's not just like a podunk little village so I was a little nervous at one point there I was like this doesn't make sense with what I thought it was uh, but it was definitely a bigger deal especially in the olden days than I realized it was. All those buildings are maintained very well for how old they are. I'll give them that. I'm glad they they recognized their history early on and were like, oh, we need to protect this. This is this is something that we need to preserve for our future generations because they've done a great job. We could learn from them considering that city is older than our country, I believe. so. It sure is. What was your favorite part about Bath? I think just wandering up to the Royal Crescent because it's been in so many movies and it's been the backdrop to just so many just different concerts and it's pretty iconic. So just seeing that, uh, especially after the recent Bridgerton craze was pretty cool. But I just liked wandering around Bath as a whole. It was beautiful. It was easy to get places. There were always new and exciting things around the corner. So I just enjoyed wandering around. What about you? I think my thing is, is I thought about being back in that time and just laying on the grass and reading a book how simple that life would have been and how like peaceful I kept thinking oh my god just to be able to do that how nice just to lay on the grass pasture that was right in front of the royal crescent you could just like pop out and have a picnic and there you go and you can see it you can visualize it when you're in bath obviously it's Mm -hmm. changed and it's modernized of course there's all kinds of shops and you know everything but you can see how they lived at that point. And you can understand how some of these stories and uh, movies and plays and things came to be. You can definitely see where all the inspiration Mm -hmm. popped out from, especially in Bridgerton. I wish we could have been there when they were filming. Yeah, we were a few weeks early. (laughs) A few weeks early. (laughs) We'll be in the background. (laughs) We were a few weeks late for persuasion. More than a few weeks late. We were several months late (laughs) for persuasion. A few (laughs) weeks early for Bridgerton, although they were filming... The Bridgerton prequel, but just nothing was happening while we were there. Like, I'm telling you, we're going to go to the Jane hand? Austen Festival. That's probably where they get a bunch of extras because they're like, come on over. <laughs> 
I would. I'd be like, all right. They're like, you guys basically have the outfit, Do it. right? This is good. We'll save some money on that. I just think it would be cool to wander around for multiple days in full period outfit. What is it called? LARPing? <laughs> Live action role play? Yes. We'll be LARPing for several days. That'd be fun. I mean, we did go to the Bridgerton Festival and try and dress Regency and we saw how that worked out. Well, we went into the Bridgerton experience lightly because there was a lot going on and we we were observers <laughs> more so than anything. I want a top hat if we're doing it. There were some great top hats in the Persuasion movie. I did enjoy that mm-hmm. with the women. Right. They had some great top hats. Yes. Like, I love this. So much better than a stupid bonnet. I agree. I saw a couple. I was like, mm-hmm. I want one I was like, I like it. Can shit. you imagine how tall we would be, though? <laughs> You're going to be like 6'7 with that hat on. I love it. I'm here for it. They're just going to see this towering top hat moving through the crowd. They're going to think there's these distinguished gentlemen. No, just us. Hello, puppet. I'm here for that. And that's that's the only way you're going to get me there is if I could promise a top hat. I am totally down for it. They were fabulous. So I loved it. But speaking of Austin, let's get into this week's episode Persuasion is Jane Austen's last completed novel and was published in December of 1817. We are introduced to Anne Elliot, a spinster at the age of 27, which Lord have mercy. She takes us through her life with her honestly less than great family and her story on her second chance of love, Captain Frederick Wetworth. In 1806, Anne and Freddie were engaged. Then she was persuaded get it, get it, to break it off because Freddie had no rank and no money. Fast forward years later and they are both reunited. This time Wentworth comes back as a captain and with some serious change, Persuasion takes us through Anne's second chance of love. What did you think about this book, Rage or Rave, Ash? I enjoy that you're on a first date basis with Captain Wentworth and he's now Freddie. Freddie. <laughs> Like, who is Freddy? (laughs) (laughs) So I would say this is, I mean, I don't know if it's a full on rave, but I did enjoy this one. I think what I like the most about this particular book is you can definitely tell it is the last book that Jane Austen wrote. And she's also older, obviously, when she writes it. And so there's just a little bit different perspective. It's all about second chances. The character is a little bit older. It's not your typical twinkly-eyed 17-year-old looking for love who knows nothing. So I like the fact that it was a little bit more mature. There's some ridiculous characters in this book that I really enjoyed. Like, I probably enjoyed them way more than I than I should have, but I, I did like this one. I will say the beginning is a little slow for me other than some of the descriptions of the family, which I thought were funny, but it definitely picks up once they're in line and then once they really get into bath. The intrigue gets very strong. But what about you? I would say this is probably in my top few of her mm-hmm. books. It, like you are 100% right. It is so slow in the beginning. Like it's not you as angsty. You linked at me. Which is, <laughs> yes. It's not as angsty and I hate yeah. angst. So I really appreciated that. But so I would say it's probably more of a rave for me. Where does this fall in your Austin lineup? I would say this is definitely towards the top. Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. There's just something about Pride and Prejudice though and I know it's angsty and it's young and it's ridiculous but I think that one is always going to be my favorite I just I fell in love with it so young and it's hard to shake it but I would definitely say it's in the top three I really enjoy this view I enjoy the characters really like the perspective of this one it's it's different than what we were reading in other Regency novels I don't think you see things that are quote-unquote this late in life (laughs) characters as often (laughs) you know they usually just write them off they're just old maids nothing happens so I do enjoy the fact that 
the main character is beyond the typical age range that we are, are usually seeing. I also think Anne is one of my particular favorite heroines out of all of her books because I feel like she's the most relatable. I would agree. To me. I would definitely agree. And, and I think that's saying a lot considering it was written over 200 years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing that an author can write something that can still be so relevant in 2022. And you're just reading through it and you're like, yep, fuckboy Elliot over here. And you know, you're just seeing all the same themes. 200 years later, and and you can relate to it on such a deep level. But I would have to agree. I think Anne Elliot is one of my favorites as well. And I also liked that we didn't dive too deep into the young relationship between her and Wentworth. We didn't have to go through all the angst and the drama. We're kind of in, okay, what happened after that? Like, what happened after? And how do we get to where we need to be? I liked her. And I actually liked Wentworth. And I like that he was just a really heartbroken kind of guy, you know, shattered at heart. And you felt for him because he was all in and then she was all in and then she was like wait just kidding my bad Jane Austen really had a thing for just extremely socially awkward main characters which is fine there's nothing wrong with that I saw a meme that popped up on Facebook and it was talking about the different Jane Austen leading men I was like oh my god you are so right they're all just awkward AF and I I mean I love it I'm here for it as we like to say (laughs) like it just it works he reminded me a lot of PETA from Hunger Games and I don't know if it was the actor it might have been the actor in the latest adaption that we watched but there were so many moments where he had like the emo PETA face on and I was like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, 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 I can get that. Uh-huh. I don't know what it is about awkwardness in men <laughs> it's that steals my it's soul. Yes. I'm like, oh my God, he's sweet, precious puppy. Because it's humanizing because so yes. often in these types of books, it's like the Fabio of, you know, the rich. Mr. Like, <laughs> like, take us away. Like, Yeah, it's probably why I love Benedict so much. I love the Benedict. series because he's so weird and quirky. The actor like, has made you. him far more spectacular than he ever was in the book. Oh, so it's, it was, it's truly the a actor. A thousand percent. Mm-hmm. This is all Luke Thompson. One, this has nothing to do with Benedict in the yeah, book. Yeah, Benedict in the book is not on this level. Oh my god, I tried to stalk him on Instagram. <laughs> Turns out he doesn't have one, so that sucks. Well, a lot of the drama started about eight years before we enter enter the scene. Um, and a lot of it really stems from the fact that, you know, Anne was really shot down by her family, but especially by Mrs. Russell, who was her mom's BFF. And after her mom died, really stepped in and at least for Anne became, you know, a mother figure. So do you still think that Mrs. Russell was a true friend and really had Anne's best intentions at heart in the decisions that she made, even after some terrible advice? I honestly think she did because the way Jane Austen wrote this is you could tell how much she loved Anne especially. So everything she was doing was coming from a good place. She was trying to take over the mother role, which she did not have to do. And that was like said a lot about her character in itself. I just think she was like, this is what her mother would want. And I don't think she really understood in that sense that like a mother would always pick love over rank or whatever like I think she leaned a little bit too much on the side of what her father would want but I don't think anything was ever any malicious intent with her I think she did it because she loved her and she wanted her to be safe Mm -hmm. and stable because that's what women had to have back then we were goats to be sold yeah yeah I'm still a Miss Mrs. Russell fan I do think she had the best intentions and like you said just wanted to make sure Anne was set up for success in her life because I think we see later on in the book what happens with people like Mrs. Smith who don't have family to look out for them and didn't have anybody to Mm -hmm. advise or help her. And 
women had no rights, not like they could have their own bank accounts and jobs and, you know, do the damn thing. They were really at the mercy of family and husbands. Uh, Mrs. Russell just wanted to make sure Anne would be taken care of. And at the at that time, Wentworth was not a catch. You know, he did not have money. He did not come from a strong family. So Mrs. Russell made the decision that she thought was the best. Um, obviously, he was very motivated. And so it ended up differently for him than I think anybody would have ascertained. But I don't know that she would have made a decision differently than Anne's mom. I mean, I look at my mom and some of the guys I've dated in the past. And if you just root it in who they are, like what they're bringing to the table, oftentimes, <laughs> Elizabeth was going to root for the one who was more financially secure. And I get it. Sure. Both of our moms grew up in a time when women couldn't even have their own credit cards. So I get it. And but yeah, at the end of the day, I think she just wanted what was best for Anne. So still team Mrs. Russell. So like on the side characters, because there's a ton of side side characters. characters. So many. At one point, I was getting really confused. And I was just like, I'm just gonna power through. I'm getting names confused again. Who is your favorite? Her dad. In the book, it is her dad. I think he is a completely ridiculous human. And I love every minute of how obsessed with himself he is. He's a dandy. He is like the epitome of what they would refer to as a dandy, just always looking in the mirror and just completely obsessed with himself and what other people look like. And he's just so sassy. And I, I loved it. He actually reminds me of one of my clients who shall remain nameless. But what about you? I'm trying to not think of the dad as the actor. I know, but it's perfect <laughs> casting. I, he's great. He did so well. I love how they did that whole thing in the movie, side note. But I probably, to be honest, I kind of liked Mrs. Clay. I was like, you know what? You're trying. I'm always there for an underdog. She was doing the best she could with what she was given in all her <laughs> fluffiness. And I, I I don't know. I was like going for the underdog. I was like, you work it. And then at the end, I was like, good for you, girl. Like, take them for what it's worth. Can we see how that happens? Can we like do a slow clap, though, for uh, Charles Musgrove? Because he was doing the Lord's work with Mary. Like he was so good with her. He was just always torturing her because she's so dramatic and he was just he was just always messing with her in the book. And he's like, What do you mean there's a party? I booked us a box at the theater. And she's what? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I had to go by myself. She's so ridiculous. I just loved the way he wound her up. I thought it was really funny. So I, I enjoyed that, especially in that time period. I don't think you always got to see those kinds of relationships. I mean, I even enjoyed him in the yeah. movie. <laughs> Where are the children? Who? <laughs> what? <laughs> I have to watch them all the time? <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> okay, well, with that, who is your least favorite of the side characters, if you have one? Probably Mr. Elliot. He sucked. But, I mean, I knew he was going to suck from the jump. No guy written like that is ever, like, a good dude. Yeah. So, that's about I- it. There wasn't anybody else that really stood out besides maybe her sister, her older sister, Elizabeth. <laughs> but I never felt she was as, like, as big as a character as Mary was because she wasn't in as much as Mary. Yeah, Elizabeth, I don't think was there enough for me to really have an opinion. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, she was her and her dad and the tag teaming. It's just, they were so utterly ridiculous. But, yeah, I think Mr. William Elliot, he was obviously a piece of trash in the corner. So, garbage. Not a fan. Garbage. Not a fan. Well, as we go throughout this book, Anne and Freddie are thrown together more and more. How did you feel about the fact that they never really addressed their shared history? Um, It drove me insane, but I guess that's part of... <laughs> 
the low-key angst that was lying underneath the book that they just never like spouted it out and British we do not talk about our feelings ever oh that drives me crazy because it might have full Greek and I'm just gonna scream at you until I get it all out and then I'll just keep it moving and at least we know where we stand so I think it just drove me insane pretty much the whole time but it built the tension up between the two throughout the whole thing so I guess that's what Austin was going for I mean she is pretty much the first romance novelist there ever was so at least first female romance novel. Mm-hmm. Props to you, Jane. Yes. Good for you, Jane. We have some questions about some of the choices you made. Just want to talk it through, you know, if you ever feel like commuting with us. But we would love to have you on our podcast. <laughs> if you're listening, if you're listening <laughs> there, would love to have you on our podcast. Yeah, I would I would agree. I guess I, I don't know if it drove me crazy, but I thought it was interesting and it definitely speaks to how under the radar Anne is within her family because I feel like any other setting uh, in any other literary family that takes place in this era, they would have been so on the radar. Everybody in the town would have been talking about it. It would not have been a secret that uh, Captain Wentworth and Anne were an item. So the, the fact that they're just so below, like the father and the older sister wanting to even gossip about it, and so it was so quiet, was very interesting. Um, but I think it would have solved a lot of issues if they had just kind of come out and addressed what was going on. But you know, read the angle. The book would have been a lot shorter. It would have been a lot shorter. It would have been like, do you? I do. Do you? I do. Okay. Whoa, well, let's just like. Let's rock it out. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. You want to come on the ship? I'm down. Let's all right. Let's go. The end. What about Anne? Let's talk about Miss Elliot. Do you feel like she is too self-sacrificing as a character? Like I have conflicting views on this because I get it as being in a big family, you kind of, depending on you have to like flow with everybody else's moods. There's always one that's kind of like the peacekeeper. And so I feel like that's, I get that from her perspective, but also at certain points I was like, damn, your sisters suck. At least say something, one thing. I was hoping, I mean, for a British bitch out at some some point, whatever that could be. British bitch out. So that's like a BF, but it's a <laughs> gotta have a pb yeah. got it <laughs> british, british out. Bitch out. i'm gonna trademark that uh term out. and i'm expecting that to be a game show at some point i don't know <laughs> <laughs> next up from page rage the british bitch out <laughs> What about you? How'd you feel about Anne? I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like her sisters were that terrible to her because I think they were so self-absorbed that she took it with a grain of salt because I'm pretty sure she knew that they did not mean it the way that they were addressing it. They were just so obsessed with themselves. They had no idea like how they were coming across and she was just like, whatever. So I think there was actually a, a decent relationship between the three of them. She and I think Anne was who she needed to be to just kind of not take them too seriously and just let it roll off her back because yeah, she was more sensitive. She could have been really offended by some of the things that they said, <laughs> but she was just like, whatever, <laughs> like you guys are ridiculous. So I, I thought it was an interesting dynamic that they had, but I don't think her sisters meant to be outwardly vicious. I think they were just very self-obsessed and self-absorbed. In a very weird way. Don't talk to our sister like that. Only we, we can. know she needs to use and- conditioner on her ends. How However, that's our and to deal with, not yours. Would have been like that situation. Backhanded mm-hmm. compliments all day. All day, every day. I mean, but like, let's talk about the real issue in the book, Mr. William Elliot. Yeah, was not a fan. What are your feelings? They made him way more of a, an evil character, quote unquote, in the book than he was in the movie. That I will mm-hmm. say. But yeah, I de- definitely did not like his vibe in the book. 
uh, Mrs. Smith also kind of threw a wrench into it a little bit because her, even the way she was addressing him to Anne was very confusing. I feel like we went on a whole journey where at first she was like, oh, he's wonderful. And then she's like, actually, let me tell you the real story about him. You know, and it was weird. I was like, what is happening here? He wasn't a good person. So he was always going to think of number one, which was himself and nobody else. Like why he would not have reached out to Mrs. Smith after her husband died as close as they were and made sure she was okay, I think is despicable. And it pretty much speaks for who he is as a person. What about you? Agreed. He was like a disgusting character. Also, when they said he would sell the baronessy for like 50 cents, essentially, I was like, dude, come on. And I mean, I can't give it to him. He pushed Mr. Smith to spend all this money. But in my head, I'm like, the dude was a grown man. He could have told him no. So, but like you said, him not reaching out to Mrs. Smith after he passed, that's gross. That's just gross all around. Yeah. Well, what about Freddie? There was obviously a lot going on with Mr. Captain Wentworth as well. Were you at all ever put off by his treatment or his interactions with Anne or anybody, really? I felt for Freddie the whole time. Like he was just a poor little broken hearted puppy. He was hurt people, hurt people. (laughs) touched my little soul. And then when I saw him in the movie with those eyes, I can't, oh, he stole my heart. I just felt so bad for him. I mean, no, I wasn't put off by his uh, treatment with Anne. I think he was just doing what a hurt guy does. Mm -hmm. To me, everything he did screamed, I love you. I still love you. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I would agree. He just, he was acting like a very hurt individual. I mean, (laughs) the the sideways comments were a little much. And I mean, I think after eight years, we could have maybe toned that down a little. But it's hard. If you had this happen, you were in love with somebody, it didn't work out because their family got involved and they didn't fight for you. And then it's eight years later you've just been kind of festering and then you're thrust into a situation where you're seeing them regularly again i i guess i can understand why you might be a little petty so at the end though when everything starts moving faster do you think Anne actually matured emotionally towards the end do you think she would have stood up to lady russell if lady russell tried to put another blockage between her and freddie yeah i think at this point in her life if she had felt strongly about anyone and someone came in and was like, oh, they're not acceptable for you, regardless of who it was, I think she would have been like, I'm 27 years old. I'm going to do what I want. I'm already an old maid. Nobody cares. <laughs> Literally nobody cares what I do at this point in my life. So um, I think she definitely would have just owned it and worked it out. I honestly think that she could have married Fred and gone off for months at a time and her sisters would never mm-hmm. have noticed until they needed something mm-hmm. from her. And they would have been like, where has Anne been? Mary would have been like, I was just talking to her. What are you talking about? And they're like, that's your maid. Oh. Her dad would never have missed her. <laughs> Not at all. So I think she kind of got the gist and was like, I'm just going to do me. I'm going to do me. <laughs> Nobody will miss me. Literally no one. And good for you, Jane Austen, for writing that 1817. I love that. I'm telling you, Jane, we'd love to have you on. That'd be a poppin' show. Yeah, I'll tell you Nobody would believe us. If yeah. <laughs> that didn't make us go viral, I don't know what else would. Well, where do you think uh, everyone ended up? Specifically, Anne. Do you think her family will finally come to accept Wentworth? Or do you think she basically wrote herself out of the Elliot household by finally marrying him. I think as soon as money starts coming in, they're going to welcome him with open arms. He's going to be like, the son I never had. I rooted for you from the start. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I feel like he's going to be saying. 100%. As far as her sisters, I really don't even think they know his name. So <laughs> I would have to agree. I really do think that the Elliot clan will be able to be won over by Wentworth. I think he just needs to 
bring them lots of gifts and just talk about how amazing mm-hmm. they are. And they're going to be like 100% into it, especially the more people start talking about Wentworth because a lot of people talked about him. There was a lot of hubbub about just everything he did in the Navy. So Papa Elliot loves stuff like that. So anything that's going to make him feel famous by association, he's he's here for it. But I also secretly hope that somehow... Papa Elliot does remarry and has another heir and just completely takes Mr. Elliot out of the equation because he's annoying and should get nothing. So that's what I hope for in the end. (laughs) I can get by with that. Yeah. And I also love that Wentworth went back and helped Mrs. Smith um, at the end of the book. I I really love that he did that. That made me very happy. Fred is such a good guy. Yeah, and they really didn't even like have to ask him. He was just like, "How? Do, what do I do? Like, how do I help?" You know, just jumped right in there and just made it all work. I love it. Great man. Love I that. Love it. I we know. love productive people, as John likes to say. Yeah, I forgot about that because in the movie, there is no Mrs. Smith. <laughs> there sure is not. Well, speaking of which, so Netflix took on Jane Austen and released their version of Persuasion in July of 2022. I think it actually came out when we were in Bath. Uh, and Dakota Johnson was starring as Anne Elliot, who constantly breaks the fourth wall. This movie has definitely been getting a lot of mixed reviews. Austin fans are calling it a travesty and a disappointment and saying that Austin would be rolling around in her grave. That's literally a quote I found from somebody on a review. I believe it because I was trying to convince John to watch it with me yesterday. And he was looking at Rotten Tomatoes. He's like, I'm very confused because it goes from like 1% to like 5%. to like, it was like all over the map, the rating. So he was just like, I'm good. What did you think about it? I, you know, I was very hesitant going into this because I have some thoughts about uh, Dakota Johnson. I was a little nervous. I, I don't think I've really seen her in anything or gone out of my way to see her in anything since Fifty Shades. So mm-hmm. and she had, you know, all the personality of the blank beige wall behind me. So I was a little nervous, but I think I, I liked this movie a bit more than I thought I would. But on a scale of this to Pride and Prejudice that came out in the early 2000s. It's not even in the same hemisphere. Like I am obsessed with that movie. But I did think it was, I thought it was fun. But I think there were some things missing. What about you? I think if you're just looking for a modern, quirky Mm -hmm. take on a classic tale, go for it. It's exactly that. It makes you chuckle when you Mm -hmm. need to. It's very light. Nothing is ever taken very seriously. Mm -hmm. I mean, in the opening, when the dad had the pictures, the portraits of him. I love him so much. (laughs) My favorite dad quote, I I have to say it, it was in the beginning when everybody was trying to convince Sir Elliot that he needed to basically downsize his life and or quote unquote retrench, which was basically have a renter in his big mansion and then go live somewhere else. And he was like, don't ask me to see things differently. See things my way and then change them until they are different. I lost my whole mind. Like I was crying. (laughs) John looked at me because he was listening to something else. I was like, what is happening? I was like, I don't even know how to explain to you, but this man is so ridiculous and I love him. Richard Grant was a perfect (laughs) casting for that. I'm always like, I loved you in Spice Girl. Oh my God, I know. (laughs) Hair though was so bad. The hair is much better now. And he also aged very well. He did. I will give him that. He aged very nicely. I thought it was like a cute little... It's not earth shattering. It's not like spectacular cinematography and outstanding actors. And you don't have like the sweeping backdrops that you see in Pride and Prejudice with uh, like Kira Knightley and Matthew McFadden. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I remember his name a lot of time. (laughs) 
Um, it's not. It's not that. It is not a serious Jane Austen telling. It is loosely based <laughs> on persuasion. It kind of reminded me of Emma. Like Emma yeah. was also very T- cheeky. The new Emma. Yeah. Yes, cheeky, more modern. Yeah. So I think if people just take it with a grain yeah. of salt on that, it's fun. Did you have what? any rages about? film i thought it was like funny in a sense but like the fact that dakota johnson took Anne and made basically an alcoholic i thought was kind of eye-rolling at time and then that weird moment when she like swung the window of frederick i was like what's I was wrong like, with your head i think it's in your head i don't know what's happening <laughs> dial it back Come they did on. use a lot of 2022 into some of her character mm-hmm. works and things like that i don't know if she was an alcoholic but it was it was kind of funny actually just the fact her and the wine I loved when she was pouring the glass of wine like up to the top but then left the wine and took the bottle like left the glass took <laughs> yeah. the bottle I was like it's one of those days I understand I just I understood I don't to be honest with you I think she was overshadowed by Mary the person oh, who played Mary absolutely <laughs> overshadowed by the side characters my favorite my favorite line Mary so you think just because I hate something doesn't mean I, I want to do, do it I want to do it I was like I love everything that is happening here. I mean, my two favorite characters were absolutely Sir Elliot and Mary, like hands down. I love every moment of them in this in this film. Mary stole the show every time she was on screen. So, I mean, I, I guess Dakota Johnson didn't play Anne as heavy as whoever that girl was who played Mary. Mm-mm. I just loved it. I absolutely loved everything. Like, she never knew where her kids were. She did not think just because never. she was the mom that she should be responsible for them. Even in the book, when that party when her their son like broke his clavicle and she was like why should I have to stay home like I'm an empath like it's gonna hurt me more if I stay here than it will if I just go oh my god <laughs> I, I love her I just love her it's ridiculous she's a horrible human and I love her was there anything that you absolutely hated I don't know that there was anything that I absolutely hated I understood some of the changes that they made but there was no real villain in this because they didn't really show enough of Mr. Elliot to really have you understand why we disliked him so much in the book. So I think they softened his character a little bit too much. I would have liked more of a fully evil person, you know, but I do love Henry Golding. So I guess the other half of me is happy they didn't villainize him, but Mm. there was really no one to dislike in this movie. So it was a little strange. So on your take, do you prefer the Pride and Prejudice old school you know, swooning, or did you like the cheekier, more modern version of... I mean, they're two completely, they're two completely different takes on something like this. I am definitely always in for a full-blown serious remake of something, you know, like, like I said, I keep going back to that Pride and Prejudice from like the early 2000s, because it was so beautiful. That movie, I could just watch it and listen to the soundtrack all day just for the backdrops. It was absolutely gorgeous. And it was very well done, in my opinion. This is not that. And so I think if you're going into it thinking that they're going to be alike, or that either one of them are going to be the same, you're not going to like it. But I think if you go into any retelling, and you're just kind of like, all right, let's see what their version of this is. You're going to be fine. But I also understand when you feel very passionate about certain books and it's done incorrectly that you can get very frustrated. And I can understand why true Austin diehards got very frustrated with this. The language of Jane Austen is so beautifully done. And in this movie, you know, we're talking about, oh, you know, what's worse than being exes? We're friends. It's 2022 speak, but it's just it's not as beautiful as what, you know, we're used to reading from Jane Austen. So what about you? I think I actually prefer this one 
because I like a little chuckle in mine. And I also like that she broke the fourth wall because in the book, there's kind of like a narrator in there. So she took that upon herself and kind of broke the fourth Mm -hmm. wall and then would talk to the audience. And that kind of took that role as well. So I thought that was actually a little bit of a a clever move on the director's Mm -hmm. part. But again, like you said, people who are a diehard Austin fans Mm -hmm. are the ones that are giving this down hardcore. And I get it. I completely get that. I love like the, the cheeky little eyes. Like anytime Mary or Elizabeth or anybody were saying anything and uh, it's kind of John's just looking at you like, yeah. <laughs> like <just> the, <laughs> the eye contact. I loved it. I thought it was it was a fun little romp into Jane Austen without being like serious. I'm not going to lie. I like character portrayals oh in this God, film. So good. I mean, and yet again, like Mary killed me and oh, uh, Freddie, stop it. I was in love. <laughs> so <laughs> awkward. And I loved it. It was, he was very endearing. He was very endearing. It was his eyes. I know. He had the sad puppy dog eyes. eyes. Yes. Oh. And every time he, and then like his outfit. He was so always felt like <laughs> He was always so yes. scruffy. Yeah. I mean, Dakota Johnson, I have like a. I, I think she did a good job in here she did not act like a piece of cardboard there was actual personality i think this take on ann elliott was well done i think that aside from her being like a wino i think she had heart brought to life the essence of who ann elliott was in the book like she wasn't just gonna sit down and just kind of take whatever people were saying to her but at the same time she wasn't like cat from 10 things i hate about you you know what i mean like she wasn't coming in that hot she was a very nice human but she could also give just as good as she got i did appreciate her character in this and i think she handled her family very very well you could relate to it especially when she was like yes I'm you know a single woman and I'm living my best life and you're seeing her just like crying in the bathtub (laughs) and all these things I was cracking up I was like yeah okay that's one thing I thought about in the when I was reading the reviews how everybody was going ham and I was like they're not that far off from it's the book. It's really not. The character. It, that's what really I kept thinking. Not. So I didn't 100% understand that. Obviously, there were some changes. Captain Benwick was not really as big of a part mm-hmm. as he was in the book. And Mrs. Smith wasn't even there. And then right. obviously, Mrs. Clay and Mr. Elliot did. I mean, it, it is alluded to that they do get together. She's like kept by him in London. But they're like making out in the movie and then get married at the end. Like that things don't happen. But I think they kept the essence of like what was happening. I mean, I thought they stuck pretty well besides taking out a couple chunks and probably more of the serious undertones. They made it a lot giggly. I mean, Papa (laughs) Elliot and Mary were ridiculous in the book and they were ridiculous in the movie. He was just as ridiculous in the book. Like, it was the same vibe. So I don't really know what people would be upset about. I loved it. When we went to their house in Bath and you just have all the portraits of Papa Elliot... Even when he was leaving Kelly Hall and you just see this giant portrait of him being carried <laughs> out. Oh, I loved it. It was so funny. I also really enjoyed it. I don't know if you picked up on this, but... And then I also thought it was interesting. They kept giving him so much alliteration and a lot of the um, lines that he had. And it was like, it was things like, Anne, don't be deliberately dense and break out your finest frocks and like things like that. Like, I just really <laughs> enjoyed his character in this book. I mean, in this show, he's probably like my favorite, honestly. I was about to say, is that I, your favorite I think so. It really was. was on screen. <laughs> it was Mary and the dad. They're like neck and neck. They were so good. They were so good. Anne didn't even need to be in this. I could just watch the two of them all day. So I think by far my favorite is anytime mary was on screen she, oh, that actor did such 
a fabulous job with that character. She must have had so much fun. Even at the end at the wedding scene, where he's like, where are the kids? (laughs) 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 The aggressive shrug, like, I don't know, where are your children? I'm not mad at it. She's she's not completely incorrect. They're also his children. No. (laughs) Live your best life. Part of my favorite. And I think anytime Wentworth came on with those big puppy eyes, I was like, yeah, his face was just baby. permanently like. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I loved it. I didn't hate the movie. I didn't either. So. I really didn't. I was not expecting a lot. And I think it was an enjoyable watch. And do you know what else I like about this? I feel like there are always gatekeepers. We saw it with Stranger Things and Metallica and Kate Bush for that reason in this last season where people were getting so angry because a new generation of fans were getting, you know, pulled into those fan cults, fan groups. And I think that might be what's happening here as well is this, like versions like this, versions like Clueless, you know, that were based on Emma, Mm -hmm. they make it palatable for the masses and they make people interested in Jane Austen. Because if they like this movie, then they're like, oh, you know, what else? You know, what else is there by Jane Austen? Maybe they'll even pick up a book that they never would have thought they did because they enjoyed it so much. I don't see anything wrong with that, with attracting people into classics and reading and just appreciating it like the rest of us do. So, but I do think others get very caught up in that. And I think it's nonsense. Yeah. I mean, we can move past it. We're definitely at a different age. And if Jane has lasted 200 years, I consider that a win. I do too. Regardless. And they're going to keep remaking it. Absolutely. And I think Anne Elliot, the character, is very relatable in 2022. I think she is definitely the more, mm-hmm. the most modern of all of her characters mm-hmm. and holds up very well, considering, everything considering, where we are right now. I remember watching Pride and Prejudice one time with Kyla forever ago, and she also loves mm-hmm. that movie. And we were watching it, and she was like, I like to think of myself as Lizzie. And then I was like, I'm Mary at the piano. That's me. <laughs> who I vibe with. Oh, God. And then in this one, I vibe with Anne. I'm also way older than her. I'd basically be like dead Mm -hmm. if I lived in persuasion time. I do love Anne, but I feel like if I had been born at this time and I was a very closeted human, I probably would have ended up like Mary. I'm not going to lie. That probably would have been me. (laughs) (laughs) I think I more relate to Anne now in my current form. But I like when Charles is carrying her and he goes to put her down. She's like, what are you doing? We're not done yet. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. I loved it. I and she did her. her kids at the end of the day. She just, you know, yes. had a very specific way of mothering. Who are we to say? Yes. <laughs> I'm the one to say anything. I'm like, you do you. You do you. All right. Well, that sums up our recap of Persuasion and our thoughts on the latest 2022 adaption. Uh, but we want to hear from you. What are your thoughts on this latest adaption of Persuasion? Email us at hello at pageragepodcast.com or DM us on Insta at pagerage underscore podcast. And of course, please subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast network. <laughs>